if tracking your money is so important, what are the key numbers couples need to know? Today, we'll get into the three you need to keep an eye on and the real deal about credit scores. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. You hear these stories of couples who've done some extraordinary things together with their finances. Maybe they've gotten out of debt, became financially independent, traveled the world, started a business, basically enjoying their lives. And they follow different paths to get there. Perhaps they do Dave Ramsey's baby steps, have the debt snowball, and start building their wealth. Or they've become super savers where they're setting aside 20, 30, or even half of their income regularly. Or they could be going all in with FIRE. And between their two jobs, they're investing 70% of their income. I enjoy listening to different stories. And one of the things I love about personal finance is how varied it can be. Each couple has their own advantages and struggles on their journey. However, having written about personal finance for over 10 years and interviewing others for the podcast, I do notice that there are certain crucial things that couples do to create a system that works for them. I wrote about it in detail in my book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, but I want to hone in on one component of that system today. They became aware of their money and how they did it was by tracking it. Once they had that down, they could then begin shifting their money towards what mattered most to them. Money stopped being a source of stress and instead became a tool they could use together. The best part is you don't have to track a ton of numbers or worry about every single penny. It can be something that you check in once a month. In this episode, we're going to get into which three numbers matter most for gauging your financial health the real deal on credit scores, and creating an easy system to track your numbers. Let's get started. In the personal finance world, there is no shortage of numbers that you can track, but you'd be better off putting your energy towards numbers that give you a picture of your financial health. And just like with your physical health, one number isn't going to give you the whole story. Instead, you can get a clearer picture of how you're doing financially by tracking these three numbers, your net worth, your monthly cash flow, and your savings rate. And depending on where you are with your financial journey, you're going to prioritize them differently. A couple who is dealing with a ton of debt are going to be looking at building some financial stability get some buffer built up, put out some of those financial fires, so to speak, with those high interest debts. And then you have a couple who could be on their way paying off their debts. They already have an emergency fund. And so they do have a little bit of breathing room in their budget. So now they're looking to optimize their expenses and find other ways to grow their income. 
And finally, you have a couple that gains a little more agency and options start opening up because their finances are in a pretty good spot. And they might be interested in pursuing financial freedom or independence. So now they're figuring out that line of where they're speeding up the process of getting towards financial independence while still enjoying the journey and their quality of life. So let's talk about why these particular numbers matter and what they can tell you about your money. Your net worth. Think of this as the big picture view. If you've been reading or following podcasts in the personal finance space, then you've probably seen different ones sharing their net worth updates. And I have to admit, it's pretty fascinating to see some who have started deep in debt achieve their goal of financial independence. And I did this for the first few years on the blog as we were getting out of debt, paying the car loans, the student loans, until we hit $100,000 for our net worth. And just coming from our perspective as the ones writing it, I found it encouraging and motivating to see the numbers move in a positive direction. And yet there were times when we had setbacks, but having that snapshot gave us an idea of what the problem was at that time. And the great thing about your net worth update, it's fairly simple. You're taking everything you own, cash you have in your bank accounts, investments, the value of the assets that you own could be your house, your car, and then you're subtracting what you own. If you have a house, what's the mortgage on that? If you have a car and a car loan, then you subtract that car loan. And so with that formula, you get that snapshot view. What you owe minus what you own is your net worth. The second one is your monthly cash flow. This ground level view of your finances is usually how we approach things. We plan for the month. We take our paychecks, make sure that we take care of the necessary expenses, set aside some money for paying down debts or saving, and then having some money to enjoy now. And so if you already have a budget, this is fairly simple. You're simply comparing what is our actual spending and our actual income coming in. And if you see that you are running a deficit, then you can fix that by either reducing your expenses or increasing your income. And because you're looking at at a monthly view, you can also see if there are certain times of year where your expenses run higher than normal. Typically, couples deal with the regular expenses could be insurance premiums. If you have kids, maybe back to school supplies and shopping and other expenses like property taxes. And finally, your savings rate. While this is usually associated with those in the FIRE movement, you don't have to be going all in with financial independence to reap the benefits. I'm going to tell you, at the beginning of our marriage, we didn't initially track our savings rate, but when we did start tracking it, it was pretty small, thinking around maybe 5%. But we started improving it by making small changes. If we got a raise, a portion of it was automatically put towards savings. Any windfalls like tax refunds or a surprise bonus also had a portion diverted towards savings. So if you are embarrassed about what your current savings rate is, do not worry where you start is not where you will finish. Now that you know what to look for, how can you track these? Every couple is different, but the key here is making sure it's done in a way that's quick and easy for you. One of the most convenient ways I've seen couples track their money is by using apps. 
there are a ton of them out there. And depending on how many accounts you have, how important it is for the two of you to communicate back and forth and what particular goals you're tackling, there's going to be a different app for every couple. Some apps that I've mentioned before on the show and I'm going to mention again are Personal Capital, Mint, Zeta, and HoneyFi. What makes apps like Zeta and HoneyFi really special is that they are created specifically for couples. You can adjust it to share whatever accounts you need to between each other. Another option that might be perfect for you is using spreadsheets. Spreadsheets might seem old school, but with options like Teller, they've been completely updated. Tiller allows you to have the customization of spreadsheets along with the convenience of apps because they pull the data for you. So you can start off with a template based on a budget that you would like to use and then adjust it for your specific needs. Of course, I can't list all of the options out there for you tracking your budget, but I just wanted to highlight a few of my favorites. And if you want to discuss this more, Please join me in our Thrivings Family Facebook group. Besides getting my take on different apps that are out there, you can also ask and swap stories with other families to see what's worked for them and what hasn't. However you decide to track your money, just make it simple enough that you can check in every month during your money dates and get a good idea of those three critical numbers. All right, so we talked about net worth, your savings rate, and your monthly cash flow as crucial numbers to know. But if you remember at the top of the show, I mentioned a fourth one, your credit score. For most people, that's the number they are most familiar with. And it can be understandable because your credit score is used in so many different ways. Lenders take a look at your credit score when deciding what interest rates you qualify for with credit cards, car loans, and mortgages. Some insurance companies also use information from your credit report and credit score, along with a couple other things to calculate what premiums to charge you. And depending on what industry you're working in, say finances, your employer may check your credit as a precaution. So why didn't I include your credit score with the other three numbers? The first reason is, what exactly is a credit score measuring? You may think that since so many lenders use this number, that it would be a good indicator of your financial health. But in reality, your credit score gives lenders an idea of how credit worthy you are. How well can you handle the debt? So what does this mean? First, let's talk about how your credit score is calculated. So your credit score is based on what's your credit report. And that report should have a history of your debt payments, your credit cards, your car and student loans and mortgage. And then taking that information, how they calculate your score is based on five factors. Your payment history, the amount of debt you owe, the length of your credit history, any new credit you have, and the types of credit. The first three are where your credit score is weighed heavily on. So if you have a history of making late payments or missing payments, that's going to really drop your credit score. But if you're looking to get the best score possible, you want to focus on all of those key factors. And I do have a couple episodes and posts that go into detail on how to raise your credit score. But you may have noticed that your credit score only focuses on one thing, debt, your savings rate how much you have invested, 
those aren't a factor with calculating your credit score. So you're not getting a overall view of your financial health. And another thing to consider, if you are thinking about pursuing financial freedom or independence and getting out of debt is part of your goal, completely debt-free, then your credit score is even a smaller factor in the long run. And then finally, nowadays, for better or worse, it is easy to track your credit score. In fact, I have several ways that I could see what my credit scores are with the different bureaus based on different apps that I already have or even your banking institution. So while I won't say completely ignore your credit score, I don't think it's one of the big ones that really matter. In fact, if you take care of the other three and you are slowly building financial stability, agency, and eventually freedom, your credit score will improve because you have your financial system in place and you also won't be so dependent on it. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I got from preparing this episode. The first one is the power of tracking your money isn't necessarily the amount. It's really about the awareness. Being mindful of where your money is coming in and where it's coming out can give you incredible power to start making changes with your finances. Whether you're paying off debt, saving for a particular goal, or investing for the future, if you're more conscious of where your money is going, it is much easier to create a plan to move it in the direction you want it to go. And if it's a problem of income, you can see it clearly because you're mindful of what you have to pay and what's really coming in. The second takeaway is your financial health can't be summed up in one number. Yes, I gave you three key numbers to track. Your net worth, your savings rate, and your monthly cash flow. And they're going to give you a pretty clear idea of what's going on both at the high level and then with your day-to-day, month-to-month routines. But even then, please understand that these are just numbers and they're talking about your financial health. You do want to look at things holistically. This year, there have been many who had to pivot their money and reprioritize things to make sure that they are staying afloat or even with their mental health, having some self-care included into their budget. So knowing those three numbers will be incredibly helpful with your finances, but just remember the big picture. And then finally, you want to focus on the signals and not the noise. The personal finance space can be incredibly noisy with headlines telling you what you should invest in, where you need to save, and how you're probably not going to have enough for retirement. And it can be frustrating and discouraging. So if the two of you want to reduce stress and make progress with your finances, focus on the key numbers, the ones we talked about, but then also what matters to you for your particular situation and your particular goals. I love chatting about this stuff. So if you want to talk about this more, please join us on Facebook in the Thriving Families group. We love to swap stories, tips, and advice on what's been working for us, what hasn't. And we especially love to root for one another with our family and financial goals. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. 
hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to work on tracking your money, I'll have the resources that we mentioned in the show notes, including our five days to 5k course, which shows you step by step how you can find, save and earn extra money on the side to hit your money goals faster. To sign up for the course, just head over to couplemoney.com slash 5k. Next week on the podcast, we're going to dig in a little bit more about your savings rate. We're going to show different ways that you can grow your savings rate while still having some money left over to have some fun. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Radio Public, and Spotify. Our theme song is from Gentle Regime, additional music by Lee Rosevere, and artists from Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you not only listening to the episodes, but sharing your favorite ones with your friends and then chatting with me about what you're tackling together. I want money to stop being a source of stress for couples and instead being a way for them to design a life that they love together. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.